I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wise Men Say podcast where we're going to celebrate a nil-nil draw in a game of football, which we all saw coming, didn't we? We we were all confident that Sunderland wouldn't lose to Wolves, top of the table Wolves. We didn't talk about we, damage uh, limitation or anything. Well, we did limit the damage, didn't we? I can't remember what we said about it on Thursday. Can you? talk? Uh, what about the game? Yeah, did we say that we think would do something good? Well, I think somebody tweeted in saying it would be typical of Sunderland to get a result, and we kind of half acknowledged that it would be. I think we always think that, though, don't we? And then we lose. So yeah, we always lose, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we do. Doesn't matter what we think, we always lose. Common trade, common trade. Certainly is. Well, myself and Gareth tonight are joined by Michael Luff and Frankie Francis. Hi, everyone. Hi, (laughs) yeah. That wasn't an echo. That was the other person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right, you didn't when even we introduce Mickey? I did. Did, yes, I did. did you? I thought you just said we're joined by Frank Francis. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, I was, you, sorry. Let me just try and start again. Again. carry on. No, no, Thank we're not starting on. again. What we're going to do is we're going to read out some of your answers to. We're going to do that now. Question. Eh? No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just you know. I'm just letting them know what's going to happen oh, throughout the, menu. the course yeah. of the show, Gareth. What's on the yeah, menu, it's very, Stephen? It's not very formal, is it? Anyway, so I might try and be a little bit organised and tell people what they can look forward to. Mm. Reading out their answers of a question of the week, and there's like prizes and stuff, isn't there? Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, prizes. I'm just enjoying. Frankie kind of looks a bit like a fisherman, and I quite like it. <laughs> a fisherman's friend, <laughs> <laughs> but not a fisherman. No, no. Well, you need I, to elaborate. You I did I, in year eight at school. I did. I went to France on my holidays. I came back with this yellow jacket, <laughs> which was like wax and like texture, and everyone used to call me the fisherman for a little while. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad I've got it back. Quite sinister, oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Here he is, nickname. the fisherman. He's a fisherman. It's good that your reactor's okay to that because yeah. you, you could have went, "Who you been talking to?" And then like all these memories of being <laughs> yeah. bullied at school yeah, just yeah, come yeah, like yeah. flooding yeah, back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come flooding back like a, a wave <laughs> crashing yeah. over the hull. Oh, start rocking in the corner. Um, the sentimental music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the best thing is now our listeners who can't see Frankie will be visualising all sorts now, yeah. thinking he's actually sit, sat dressed like a, a I fisherman, mean, which he isn't really. It's just a, to be fair. It's a beanie hat, um, <laughs> obviously a staple of the fisherman's um, <laughs> wardrobe these it days. Yeah. <laughs> heavy knit wool, um, yeah. the heavy knit wool sweater, the wax jacket, the yeah. uh, beard which I haven't got, or a pipe. No. Um, no. 
or and then the hat but it, it's the position of the hat that intrigues me that I, makes I honestly me think if you took a photo of him and tweeted it out people would be disappointed well, yeah. I think they would, they would expect I'm going to take a more photo of, of a fisherman look and tweet it out Frankie and then live then during the programme we can to decide if yeah, you look fine. like a fisherman. Do you have so to put some know, kind of fisherman stance? I don't know. Well, if you want no, to pick, don't do it. Don't do not, that. Don't do a fisherman just stance. Nonchalant. Just, just be, just well, be a man a, who looks... Well, a rod in the corner there if you want to go and get that and use that <laughs> yeah. as a prop. All right, then. It's actually Rod Stewart. It's a, they cut, they've upgraded. <laughs> they cut out. There it is. There we go. It's lovely you smiling on that one. So go. I'll tweet that out now, and then during the show, the next 40 minutes, we can find out if Frankie looks like a fisherman. He's really tackling all the issues here we will. on this podcast. Mickey, did you, did, did you get in the game of the weekend, Mickey? <laughs> I didn't go, man. Oh, no. you're joking. The most away lad in the world, and you didn't I'm, go. We're we'll banging on you down. there. I'll let you down there, man. Sorry. What, what, what was the excuse? What were you up to instead? Um, just lack of funds, to be honest with you. No, I never feel bad. No, it's not for the want of wanting to be being out. Lack of funds. (laughs) Twenties plenty. uh, (laughs) One of the football themed (laughs) cost cutting exercises. (laughs) Do we want to start with the resilient defending, or do we want to start with Lee Catamol's brain fart, or what? what, Do we need to talk about Lee Catamol? I think like the headline, isn't it? I think like we do. We've stuck up for Lee a lot over the years. and we don't subscribe to the rotten core theory, as, as people know, but I'm not going to bang on about that again. John O'Shea getting praise from Chris Coleman. Yeah, but he listed a lot of qualities <clears> that are very un-rotten core-like, no, Apparently, he? apparently um, being good all, with the the things, stuff, yeah. all the things that he's supposed to be doing, like, you know, swilling out buckets of sick in the dressing room, <laughs> um, putting, like, aggressive pictures like he's drawn oh. in people's lockers, um, other things he's been accused of as well, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Ringing people up in the middle of the night and leaving but, sinister messages. But what is, what is um, we'll come on to John O'Shea, I guess, his performance <laughs> in a bit, but what is clear with Lee Catamol, and again, this is nothing to to do with what he might get up to or not get up to off the pitch. It's just a shame to see sort of somebody who's going to be thought of as a Sunderland favourite, I would say, you know, in a few years when people reflect on it, just deteriorate. In the way that he is, is it, is it is it? Can people see a way back, back for him now? Really? Well, all the injuries will mean he'll get back. Yeah, in but eventually. we've got people like McNair and Don coming in. It'll be hard to believe Coleman wouldn't go out and strengthen in January as well in that area. I think um, with Catamol, the thing he's he's had a lot of these brick walls in his, his Sunderland career where it seems to have been finished for him, and then he's come back stronger. This is the first time maybe where that hasn't happened after a bad start of the season and mm. maybe thought he'd prove everybody wrong. I guess the new manager's just come in and to be fair, from a football perspective, I don't think he's been as bad under Coleman as he, as he was under Grayson. That's just my opinion. I, didn't, I think the Reading game, he didn't... Uh... Himself and no, glory. no, it's particularly no, he after he didn't. got the yellow card. No, but that, I mean, that's he, a, that's he changed a, the way he played, ironically, in that game, didn't yeah. he? He regularly does that, though, doesn't he? If he gets a yellow, then he might as well take one. But at the, I mean, didn't he, have time now on Saturday. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think there was a really frustrating moment in the game, and, and, and this comes on to a slightly different point, not just about Catamore, but you know, what we do in general. I mean, Catamore gets booked for his first challenge every time, regardless of the severity of the tackle. It was a challenge on Donald Love in the first half um, from their number eight, and it was a it was a nasty tackle. Like it, it wasn't like a two-footed, but it was late, like ankle high sort of challenge. In fairness, to stop Donald Love. You've got the foul of him, such as the quality of a man. Exactly. So. Well, that is a, a fair point, and maybe the referee 
viewed it wow. with more leniency as a result of that because he the power of love oh. was uh, too oh, much. Oh, oh, nice. beautiful, beautiful. Christmas as well and everything. But, oh, oh yes. well, yeah. This, this, you, you've got Huey Lewis in the news and you can use that joke any time of year but Christmas, no, Christmas obviously. Oh, yeah, it's it's a Christmas themed joke. Skyscraping dove. Donald Love. Um, but yes, uh, I'd like to see us just be a little bit more Good. nasty. <laughs> no, like... I know. Why Why doesn't Catamore go over the referee or Gibson or anyone one of the, or Shea, one of the senior players, go over the referee after that challenge and go, look, if that's Catamore, you're booking him, aren't you? Where's the Seb Larson of this group? Yeah, is what but you're that's saying. true. Yeah. And then maybe when he gets that first, <laughs> when he gets that first challenge, when he gets booked for, which was, I mean, the the Wolves player went down like he had a broken back or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it did. He like jackknifing through the air and that. Yeah. Ca- All right, mate, calm down. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, it worked. Ah, exactly. <laughs> but like maybe yeah. if they get in the referee's ear and say, "Come on, you haven't booked him for that," and then he might get away with that first one. The second one, the most frustrating thing about it, I think the second one, I've changed my opinion slightly of the second one because he did a bit, have a bit more time to react than I thought when I initially saw it, but it's the miscontrol that does him. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not like um, if you remember when he got sent off at Wigan um, a few years back uh, under Bruce and he got booked and then 10 minutes later he ran the length of the pitch and size someone down in a complete unnecessary area and got a second book in oh, about 20 that was, minutes that was horrible to watch was a fan that was yeah exactly you can see you coming from a mile off and all you could do is just kind of sit and cringe yeah. <laughs> just waiting for the impact yeah, just, um, that's a league kind of we all missing away yeah but he hasn't been sent off in, in a long time yeah, it's about four um, years yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that well um, you know was it the um, wow will it be about four was years? it Derby at Newcastle wasn't it was that it when he got sent off for after a whistle, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, for, for abusing Mike Dean, um, which but we could all get behind that. So yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's definitely in the referee's mind when they see Catamull on the starting lineup, though. Oh, this we know what this lad's reputation is yeah. like, and you know, we know yourself. You've seen at the stadium, like he does a challenge normally for his first proper challenge of the game. Right. He gets a yellow card for it, and he's, he's, the chattel's gone in b- before that, and doesn't go as punished as him. Exactly. So, but he's made a rod for his own back. Two games in a, in a row, we've had a had a red card. It's not helping with the threadbare squad as well, is it? What I think is obvious is that I think even subconsciously in the Reading game, when they went down to 10 men, they probably thought this is a game we should be winning and we need to be winning. Where had the then maybe went back to the wall that game and thought, let's just get a nil nil here. They could have seen that out, but I think there'll always been an element of wanting to win the game in the mind and, then, and they just couldn't do it. Reading weren't the, the team to do that against. Think- Wolves, it was very much right. Back to the wall, nil nil, and then when we go down to ten men, it's right even more concentration. Back to the wall, nil nil. I think the issue of the Reading game was over time, and obviously we've been right on half time, so you've got the whole fifteen minutes to sit and stew on it and kind of worry about it and panic. Whereas we saw the Wolves game on Saturday, it was a reaction, and you just have to deal with it and you have to do it on the fly. Whereas the Reading game, as I say, would have been sat there for fifteen minutes and you be, you perhaps overthink it. How are you going to be mm. playing against it, etc.? Yeah, I think it, the nature of the of the game probably helped in that. You know, because we're cause we're set up to defend. Mentality-wise, you don't have to change. No. So you, you set up you, the set of the the game was we we defend this result, we defend and try and get something, and they didn't have to. It wasn't like they'd gone out to attack a team and then have to then readjust because they've lost a man. They still had that that mentality and resilience, and all he did was put three in the middle. And when you've got the, the wing backs, it doesn't matter too much. No, no, no. Um, so when we had like two defensive midfielders on there, 
but essentially at the start anyway so it didn't affect us too much the way we were playing so I wasn't I wasn't too worried about getting moved about like Redden did where they moved us about and picked the space picked the pockets and picked the spaces and the holes and and and, uh, and, and scored very easily on two occasions probably where whereas at Wolves I thought Wolves they they obviously had an off day I mean they, they were didn't move the ball very quickly they were quite ponderous they were a bit it was a bit obvious, wasn't it, what they were trying to do? I watched them last week against uh, Birmingham. I think it might have been the Friday night game on yeah, Sky. It was. They didn't really blow me away either. Like, well, as anybody, we keep saying this in this league. Well, they're meant we? to be the the creme de la yeah. creme, aren't they? I know, yeah. but they have they have slaughtered teams to be fair as well. So you know, maybe it's just one of them where it's difficult to keep it going every week and you grind but we don't know when the next Sunderland win's going to come from so I would rather give Sunderland credit for their defensive yeah. oh, no, performance definitely. You, you got, you, I mean another clean that. sheet as well Aye. yeah two I and mean, three mm-hmm. praise for Reuter as well I think over, it, it, I know some people criticise him for the um, the goal uh, against Red in the second one which I thought was a little bit harsh to have a go at him for that no I, I disagree I, do, I definitely blame him for that goal I think it was that isn't it, your post. I don't think it was struck with a tremendous amount of power for me. He's got to get that round the post. But I agree with you overall. I think he's been improved under Coleman and like two clean sheets in three, as you say, is going to do his confidence a world of good. It's interesting what Wright is coming out and saying about about the new manager as well. Almost hinting that there was no defensive no plan before with Grayson because he's saying. He's saying Coleman, you know, under Coleman now, where the defenders are are being told where to move when somebody goes one way the rest of the unit follows and, and that's I mean some I've, I've heard a couple of people say they're professional players they should know that but that's not true but when you're playing a new system like three at the back you need to work on that you need to really really need to work on that your positional play so it's just I don't want to go over old Graham with Grayson again but it's bizarre to hear that it's bizarre for Reuter to come out and say that Reuter's the one who come out and mentioned his long ball tactics <coughs> as well isn't he he did so he's obviously like, made yeah. an impression, hasn't he? he, said he on was on the good, keeper, at least. Yeah, he said he was a good guy, but obviously didn't really like the way he wanted to play. You know that. You know, there's criticism coming if somebody says somebody's a good guy, don't yeah. you? <laughs> when you're asking about yeah. how good they are at something, well, he's a nice lad. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what everyone says about me? I'm a nice lad. Nobody says you're a nice lad, though. No, that's yeah, the difference. No, that's <laughs> oh no, I'm not very good at anything, and I'm horrible. <laughs> what, a, what a low point. Well, that's probably what was going through Lee Catamore's mind as well in the dressing room. Well, they yeah. Well, <laughs> he's just got to you know, they've just got to try and forget about it and you know move on. And I think the problem is at the moment where well, I don't really. It's probably not helpful at the moment to have like scapegoats and and start digging people out and, and no. like when thought it was interesting that Coleman was on about mentioned team spirit. At the end of the game, and like that was something I was really like reiterating when he first came about building a team spirit. And then he, at the end of that game, he was like, "We showed good team spirit." And maybe there's just a little thing there where he's like psychologically saying, "If you want to achieve anything, this is the way you've got to do it every week." Sometimes as well, when you get a real like battling nil-nil draw away from home, it can sometimes be as good as a victory for kind of like morale and team spirit yeah. because. <clears throat> Anyone who's played football at any level knows when you come away from a match and you've really dug in and you've done it as a unit and everyone's been mucking in and doing the jobs, it's, it gives you such a feeling of satisfaction when you come off. And I just hope and take right the next week's game. And I think on Saturday, 
as much as I don't really like saying anything about the crowd in general, I think it does have to be a little bit of patience if it's a bit like the Reading game where we sit off a little bit initially. And it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard, you're right, what you're saying. Um, but I did think that of the Reading game as well, but there's just something about when you walk into the ground, it's just all those memories of these defeats just come flooding. But I don't know what it is, but it's a bad place to be at the moment. But we're going to, we'll not talk about that as much now. We'll talk about that yeah, totally, on Thursday, totally. obviously. Yeah, we've got Kevin Ball in the studio actually on Thursday as well, which is good. Um, we'll try and get some inside info from him on, on Coleman and, and Kit Simons as well. Um, talk talk about the formation, Gareth. When we predicted the um, the lineup, or you did, you were quite close with it. I think possibly only Azoro. You might have been wrong um, with because you suggested dropping McGeady. But you had a Zorro in the side, I think. Yeah, instead of no, I had I, I had a Zorro in instead of either. Um, you had Gucci and Honeyman, didn't you? So yeah, you I did have Gucci and Honeyman in my team, but and then obviously Love played instead of uh, yeah. Galloway. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. to be fair, Donald Love, I thought he had a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really affects Matthews playing left back, though, and it's a bit of a shame because he's had quite a decent run at right back, so he hasn't really got a left foot. He's very right-footed, um, but you know he did. You know he did his job really well. But yeah, it was it was more like when we talked about that box midfield that he deployed in it for Wales. It was more of remember when Allardyce for a spell played like five-four-one with kind of two wingers slightly tucked in. It was a bit more like that than the two in behind the forward. But I guess the flexibility you might have in that system because I know you said after the game, well, I'm not necessarily going to play this every week, but. I still believe that you keep the base of that, but you could change the two. You could change either go with the def- more defensive four and a bit wider with the, the two tucked in wingers to give you a little bit more solidity. Or at home, maybe you go with two more flare players who are going to pick up spaces, who play behind the forward and pick the ball up and then try and make something happen because we haven't really got guile in central midfield. Um, you know, most of our guile comes from wide areas like McGeady, McManaman, Asoro. Um, I know Honeyman's scored a few goals this season to be fair um, but he's not really a creator is he? I, I can't see Honeyman coming out the side anytime soon I think no. just for his work rate and he, he's like I say he does chip him with the odd goal uh, talk about Lyndon Gooch then because you you did suggest you put him in the side with last week which um, I was surprised at um, not just because you hate him but, uh, but oh, yeah, I'm joking by the way I'm joking um, no but you've been a bit critical of him before I think when other yeah. people have clamoured for his inclusion and stuff like that is what I'm trying to say so talk to me about his inclusion because you're right he did play and he's, he he's, he's played at the expense of more experienced players but, he had the, but it was the energy what I talked about the mm-hmm. energy and maybe, maybe there's, there's something to say where, as well when you're there's a naivety about young players and they might make mistakes but there's probably it might be easier for a manager to to make them do what they want them to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a player like McGeady, who's senior player, might kind of go on the autopilot and start doing things that might be the benefit of him, and might in another day be for the benefit of the team. But ultimately, that's not what we were setting out to do in the game. Whereas someone like Gucci can probably go and say, "Listen, this is the job I want you to do. Go and deliver that." And then if you come off and we've got a result, then you can be proud of yourself. And him and Love were knackered at the end, like they were you know, cramping up and struggling because um, they'd worked so hard and they obviously had a lot of football. But Fair play. Great. I yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, obviously we're not going to talk about Fulham, but it's difficult to think, well, after that performance, that 
I would wouldn't say they need they deserve anyone deserves to drop out of that team. Has anyone ever momentarily left the podcast to go and relieve themselves in the <laughs> toilet? Because I am absolutely busted for a week. <laughs> can we make this a first? Well, you can make it a yeah. first if you want. Yeah, go I on. will be back. What we would have done? Continue the chat. What we would yeah. have done historically? He's heard the, um, there's a swell and there's some mackerel come in. <laughs> He's, got, he's out he's got his net he's off to what cast we, it what we would have done historically we would stop it and cut that bit out but we, we don't do that anymore no, we, we, don't. Don't. we just roll don't we ramble on and get through it radio gold dot I don't know well we'll, we'll, we'll find out won't we we'll get lots of uh, lot, lots of criticism I'm sure uh, Gareth's just playing his phone now just to add to the unprofessionalism no, no, I'm just I'm reading to see if anybody if anybody thinks it looks like a fisherman none of the answers have been the answers I wanted in any capacity. It's just a rotten call for wise man say a podcast take shall, we over for, shall we wait for Frankie to get back before we we tell him the, the answers so what, far? To, to the fisherman to photo. The fisherman photo. We've got four people who've commented on it, but none of them have said yes or no. They've just said other things. Right. Well um in other breaking news before we move on, I've noticed that the the club have featured me and another one of the posts have just put out about Sheffield United <laughs> being sold out on Boxing Day <laughs> and have used the same photos oh, he used Thomas a couple of weeks ago. It is. It's Excellent. Great. It's brilliant. He's he's everywhere Michael Love. It is. People are gonna stop start stopping you in the in the street and ask for your autograph, Michael so oh, no. if it carries on. People should you should actually Fund your own travel from now on. What they call them? Kickstarter things or whatever they call. Yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, or whatever they call. Yeah, yep. Kickstarter. Just get on there now. Just like fund, fund your away Send trip. Mickey away. <laughs> Before we go off on a massive ramble and look at people's answers and stuff like that, though, I do want to. I do. I do want to look at that system more. Why, why is it working now? When 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 Grayson tried to play three at the back, it looked like they'd never seen each other before the players. Never mind, we're able to to shut out the the, the best team in the in the division. So you said Work, before, training ground. Coleman keeps putting the point across, but it just I can't get my head round that Simon Grissom didn't work on three at the back if he was planning to play it on that weekend. Well, maybe Coleman's just a lot better at implementing this because I mean you can try and coach and try and drill it, but if the manager doesn't have the skill set or the coaching capacity <clears> to do it successfully, then you're not going to see results on the field. Um, Coleman obviously played quite a similar system when he was Wales manager as well, so it's obviously a system that he's used to and he likes using. So, from that perspective, I can see why maybe he's getting results. And rightly or wrongly, sometimes players can take the bit serious, a, a bit more seriously if a manager has a certain reputation and pedigree. And I think maybe that's coming across with Coleman. Whereas Grace, I'm not saying the Simon's a joke figure or anything like that, but they might not have had the respect for him that they have for Coleman. Which, as I say, it's wrong, but it can happen. My natural worry when when you play three centre halves would be that. You would want somebody to be the dominating one, but you would generally then have one who can either bring the ball out or you would have a couple of piercy ones to go around the central one. Now, neither of Sunderland's back three defenders are really overly comfortable on the ball or have any pace. So how does it work? Just because of how deep? No, deep I, I just think it's organisation. I think it's not like this is prem- the Premier League that we're playing in. You know, then in you'd get found out I think where I don't think we get turned as much in this division as with with those defenders I just think they were it was a grit and determination about and a, and a desire to, to defend and a, a want to defend like you were saying before Mickey about you know that <clears throat> that that kind of performance can really lift a team and I think it's all very well being you know expansive and, and pretty and 
you you might smash a few teams, but when the going gets tough, what happens then? You know, where where do you get that resolve from? And I think a good defensive performance can galvanise a squad. Yep. You know, very, you know as as well as a, a five nil thumping really, because you can, you know, it's that belief and, and you, you trust in each other and that you're all gonna, you, you know, you're gonna be be there to cover for each other and you know it's a it's a real collective effort to to get that result. I mean, I'm only speaking from a personal perspective, but on Saturday the, the, when the full time whistle went, I felt as though it was a Premier League game away from home. We just got a point. You know, when we're in the Premier League, we went uh, not a top six side, but say like uh, Everton or somewhere and got a point. You, you would feel like you'd feel great, and that's how I felt, and that's the first time I felt that this season when we've got a point. Because in the Championship, it doesn't really matter what team you play. Like you almost get a little bit big head and think, oh, like with Sunderland, we should be beating the likes of X, Y, and Z, and you get the point, and maybe you think it's not enough. But sadly, as I said, it really did feel as though we're in the Premier League, and we gone away and got that result. Dan Gibson, I want to. Or shall we quickly go, talk shall about? We we'll go. quickly do this, and then we're going to do the other stuff because we, you know, kind of draw a line under that. Because Darren Gibson, uh, Chris Coleman's had four games for Sunderland now, and Gibson has been very good in three of them. He was very poor, I thought, at home to Reading. That's got to be more than the home curse. It's got to be the way we're setting up. What is it that's suiting him in this sort of setup, or in the games we've played away from home? Well, it must be the there must be the possession thing. Um, obviously, Coleman's setting up to keep the ball a lot more, um, and maybe with that, the couple more seconds on the ball, Gibson is able to look for a pass, play a pass, even look for the ball. Um, confidence as well, because he's just looking a bit snappier into the tackle and stuff like that, which you know we we didn't see any of that. In, comes in with games game. as well, though. You know, if, you, if you're consistently in the side, then confidence. You know, we'll, we'll shine through, and, and you know, a couple of clean sheets, as you say, galvanizes the squad. So, you know, the the, the guys, you know, on hiding nothing since the infamous video, and you know, and he was involved in Moisey's squad and stuff like that. So, you know, I think you've got to just, you know, whatever he's done in the past, which has annoyed fans, you just got to like, you know, see past it and think, well, okay, then, well, you know. In a threadbare squad at the moment, he could be a very integral part, and we, I don't know what the latest is on McNair and and Dong. Are they training, aren't they? I think That's so. A yeah. Good sign, yeah. I, guess, I think yeah. McNair will be back next week. Well, this, this is what I was saying about Lee Catamon's going to now struggle if Darren Gibson's starting to get a, any sort of game on. Yeah. In in that defensive midfielder role, and it's hard to look past McNair and and Dong to be the other two to make up that three, isn't it? Well, as Frankie said, and then with the Gucci's done, he's, he's and Honeyman really depending on what formation he's going to play, they all. Players who could be fighting for a he's a passer, isn't he? That's the thing with Gibson. He's a passer, and like you know, we would now play in a way that we, he's obviously come in and gone. We give the give the ball away far too much. Like anybody watching, we give the ball away far too much. We give it away in dangerous areas, um, and in order to try and counteract that, he's looked at the squad and gone, well, who keeps the ball best to the midfielders? It's, it probably is Darren Gibson, and really. If you can get the best out of him, then brilliant. Because, you know, he's he was at Manchester United, you know, as a, as a young lad, and, and and then obviously got a move to to Everton, who aren't rubbish either. So, you know, he's obviously he obviously had something about him, and his injuries have curtailed that. You know, he's obviously got something. You know, if you can get it, if you can get it out of him, then absolutely brilliant. You know, but I mean, time will tell 
we're not. I don't think anybody's going to be, you know, hanging the hat on on Darren Gibson. But what's good about Gibson though, as well, is that his first pass is always forward, and that's always his intention. He's not one of these players that just kind of keeps it for the sake of keeping the ball. He's not like a Jack Colback who, obviously, everyone used to call him the Crab as well as a lot worse names, I'm sure. <laughs> But when he would play like a lot of a lot of um, I like crabs. Being <laughs> there we go. Um, but he would obviously like play the ball like kind of like five yard square passes. Where I say Gibson, he does actually show quite a lot of intent. He gets it in his first thought is forward, which is always a good sign for someone in this position. Mm-hmm. Gareth wants to read out some tweets. Shall we do a thing and then come back and do that? Yeah, yeah. Do that then. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I feel like there's a bit of... um misrepresentation of, of the idea that Frankie looks like a fisherman to be honest well, he's um, got a hat on so Gareth tweeted the picture out yeah. to uh, let um, we did Rory said that you're stealing Craig's brand Ooh. And he, it's funny because Rory actually tried to steal my brand <laughs> did he really yeah, he's brought some stuff up there have we yeah, well, you know. the quiff are you yeah. saying exclusively here to us that Rory Fallow based his quiff on you yes of when he used to be one of your roadies, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if our man. listeners know that. Yeah, what well, they do yeah, now. There, yeah. That's mint. He used to follow. He used to follow Frankie around just the country. <laughs> so much he? so that he ended up being on tour with us. Yeah, that's fine though. Nice guy, Rory. You're yeah. a loser. Now we um, have a influence. <clears throat> Sergeant Scooter Boy just says Dexy's Midnight Runners. I'll take that. You, I'll I take thought that. you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul Wheatley says you've been scrapping. Knuckles look like it. Yeah, that it's because yeah, I had, you have you been. Know, I, <laughs> you had to, de- I had, I had I had to dig my, someone. I had to dig my car at the car park <laughs> in Kate's head before I came here. I said dig. I was more like just like scraped. Yeah. Like, how like, how yeah. buried was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to dig his boat out of the, yeah. out of the dock, and it frozen yeah. in, and uh, yeah, that, that's what happened, really. That's it, really. It that, I'll take poor response. You said so, there was a few. That they were up. Well, that three is a few. Two is a couple, three is a few, yeah. and four's loads. That's <laughs> my, how it works. My dad would uh, say, like, when I've got these hats on, that you look like Benny from Crossroads. But hasn't, <laughs> having never seen Crossroads, it's a... I haven't had it, so I can't. Uh, I've seen Crossroads when I, was, when I was very, very young. Right. Okay. It was one of them where... And do I look like Benny as well? I can't remember what he, what he was. I guess he was the guy in the hat. <laughs> I imagine he would have been. <laughs> the guy in the hat called Benny. <laughs> the fisherman. Do you know the end of Crossroads? Yeah. 
I know it, it finished, didn't it? Yeah, it, but do you know how? Do you know how they ended it though? Uh, fire? No, no. The woman who it was a hotel, I think. And she ran this hotel, and and then when she woke up, she woke up and it was all a dream. No. They went full like year That's three jotter story oh. ending, and when it, and when I woke up, it was all a dream. And crossroads. They, did, like that, and they did that in Dallas or Dynasty, one of those programs. That's another thing we get tweeting. Has there ever been a good show or story which has ended with it being a dream? Yeah, in, in Dallas or Dynasty, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe one of our American listeners can with, could with help them. us out. There was a main character that yeah. killed off. No, there was another character who they killed off, and the viewing figures went down that much. They brought the actor wow. back in, and somebody, one of the other characters, had dreamt the whole thing. I remember there was an episode of Neighbours called Bouncer's Dream. And it was wow. all, really, yeah. And it was all about the dog's dream. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, way. that was real. Yeah. Oh my god, I need to find this on YouTube. That is ridiculous. <clears throat> Would uh, American Psycho cl- classes like a bit like all a dream? Not the spoilers mm. for anybody who hasn't seen well, you it. You kind of just have no, a little no, bit. No, I haven't. It's all been new interpretation. <laughs> anyway, are we going to read out the answers? Shall we read? So yes, yeah, remind so, um, people what the question is and what the prizes are. So Dave Wright, who we we gave one of his calders away last year, he's a very talented gentleman and uh, he's a listener of the show. Apparently, which obviously heightens his appeal, in my opinion, as a human being. Um, but he uh, makes calendars um, of Sunderland caricatures through the ages, and he has uh, given us another one to, to give away this year um, on the show. So thanks, Dave, and we asked a question. Not only the calendar, by the way, sorry, we get two tickets to the uh, Fulham game. Shall we tell this funny story? Gareth's Gareth's funny, funny stories. Uh, <laughs> Stephen's funny stories. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but... Yeah. About the um, the fact that, so... Stephen <laughs> got in touch with... You know, remember, a few weeks ago, I don't know if I remember, on the pod, Stephen was like, oh, we'll get in touch with the club, we'll get some tickets for it to give away. <clears throat> So Stephen did do Which that. Very kindly, um, and then they have been agreed. leaving a pair of tickets for every game <laughs> at the uh, Southwest Corner Collection Point for us to not know that. So we've had tickets for like the last five games or something and not given them away. So we Carbs funny stories. Wonder who got the Chef United tickets. <laughs> News. <laughs> that one. Anyway, so we will be giving them away from now on. Yeah, we will be, very, including very, this. So not very, only very appreciative, aren't yeah, we? So not only do you get the calendar, you get two ticks of the Fulham game. Our first home game, home victory of the season. Yeah. Our first home victory the, of the uh, year. Definitely. Mm. It's my work's Christmas party mm. on Friday. Wow. In Scotland last year. Last year. I'm not you up for the night. Yeah. That's last right. year was the Watford game the day I came back from the Christmas party and we won. Ooh. This year it's Fulham. Also a funny little bit of synergy. Chris Coleman was the manager of Fulham when we'd gone a whole season without winning the home game yeah. and we beat Fulham in the 15-point season. So there's just a, because he's a massive lad, Fanny took the game. And so he did, exactly. He so. knew what was coming. But anyway, so the question, uh, if you want to, if you did want to win the, the, the calendar and the tickets, um, was basically if you could invite Sunderland players, manager, player or manager to Christmas at your house... Who would it be and why? Listen, listen now for this, lads, because Frankie, Michael, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have to you're help. Gonna have to uh, pick a winner. Let me see oh, if I'm bringing the favourite. So I've got to find the hope. Where, where do you find favourites on YouTube? You, you think you would maybe had this ready to profile. go set up before we start looking? Where's this is something so, else. He was so keen to get the, this feature. Wasn't yeah. it? It's something, uh, something else. We would have. Uh, we would have. There we are. Previously. Found it. I've done a find of it. Right, we've got some lovely little answers here. <clears throat> some of them are duplicates, but I'm not going to read them in any chronological order. We've got Alex Campbell here. 
who says he'd invite Wilkinson, McMenemy and Decanio. Soup Supper would be cooked by my wife, something like faggots or tripe with ketchup, mm. guaranteeing a night on the bog, and I would hide the loo paper. <laughs> Not very festive, is it? <laughs> um, Gav Newman says uh, Mick Buxton, so I get him pissed and laugh at his rough, high-pitched voice. <laughs> <laughs> Callum says, at Caltamall says, Sam Allardyce and Steve Bruce, because I'd enjoy seeing Steve Bruce upset when Big Sam demolishes more pints of gravy than him. Um, Ellington says Jack Rodwell, you wouldn't even realise he was there. Uh, Mark Trigg says Seb Larson will be handy to have round, have round to point and shout at me dad during the annual Christmas family fallout. Uh, Shorty6699 says David Moyes so I could poo on his head. It's oh, an interesting that's, Christmas. That's, uh, direct and straight it the point is, that one, it? isn't it? Um, let's have a look here. Ian, about that one. At Ian Dicker 62 says just simply Brian Clough James Horatio Thorpe Sir Bob Stoker. So that's, he's just got he's gone for the serious answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be a nice dinner, wouldn't it? <clears throat> um, only one kino. Um, just a general story. You don't know. <laughs> one saw Reedy Brian Robson in Gathering Tall Trees many moons ago, and all three were I can't say that word very drunk, and only kept each other up by leaning on each other like an effing tripod. So there you go. It's very believable. That we've Rotten thought. core. Um, <laughs> Darren Leach says I would have Brian Clough and Howard Wilkinson so Clough could give him some management tips Dan at DATM91 um, he hasn't given his or Peter oh he's added Peter Reid into it what if he wanted some sympathy <laughs> likes off Peter Reid for his stories and banter my first son the manager and helped him fall in love with the club bet he's great banter on the, sesh, on the lash double banter in that post as well um, Barry Waller um <clears throat> Bob Stoker for his traditional football memories and Charlie H to make the royal banquet he was simply the king John Ridley said he'd take out Big Sam what's not a love about pints of wine and gravy plus a little boogie on the dance floor yeah, Harry Greaves I'd have Decanio around because I hate people off ketchup with a roast and you know he wouldn't and his right wing views would go well with my nan <laughs> <laughs> um, Calvin Palmer says Lee Catamore so I could tie him to a chair and punch him for three hours um, Kevin at KevSaf22 said I'd have Steve Bruce round so he wouldn't have to chuck many leftovers away Kevin Bell says Howard Wilkinson should be able to sort us out with a goose and Reuter and Seal can pop round and dish out the gifts um, <clears throat> see I, know, I've, I haven't read Dino's yet but I know it's going to be full of expletives so <laughs> Paolo Di Canio of course the Italian sex machine Italian with two L's Italian sex machine could slide across my laminate flooring on his knees with a platter of Yorkshire puddings and trimmings. He'd then erect to his feet and serve. I don't know, is erect to his feet the right word? kind of got quite a few uh, nominations. I, Wilkinson I did as well. I know. I still going, we've still got a few. Um, Adam Thieger says, Mark Angelari, he looks like Jesus, and I could find out he wasn't a miss, plus he hates Steve Bruce. Angelari's cross will always be remembered. <laughs> Good p- you know, pass into the north he stand. Shanked it into the yeah. north stand. We had like acres of space <laughs> yeah, to no. put the ball in. And he played next auxiliary. He played. It was an auxiliary right back. He <laughs> came on and played next to Bardsley, and Bardsley <laughs> talked them through the game. Went to play for Malaga in the Champions League. What is it about the Stadium of Light that turned? That will be the question for next week's prize. Because our prize was about the Stadium of Light that turns people into idiots. Um, we've got two, one or two more here. No, one more. It says John at LA King eighty six says John Oster to try and get him drunk and find out what happened at the Leeds Christmas party. Mm. And that's it. 
It is my mission to find out that yeah. information. Well, we should invite him to ours, shouldn't we? <laughs> Could we do that? Uh, yeah. And then if we get him drunk enough, maybe what happened will happen, and then we can be part well, of it. Maybe he'll be that traumatic, we don't want to see it, and he'll react well, it. I can't believe that would be the case. Um, <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> very nice callback. Very good. Um, anyway, who won then? If you've sat through that, I'm sorry. Uh, a couple of stand out for me. I, mean, I would say if you, you know, if you somehow by accident listen to the end of the podcast first, don't bother with the last sort of from about 28 minutes onwards. Just yeah. sack it off. Uh, I like the one where the Canyon one where the, with the right wing views one. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally, yeah, totally agree. I like that one. Yeah. Well, the right, the, your right wing it is. Is that the one? Yeah. I, I like the Larson one, one yeah. as well. Yeah. But I love a bit Seb. So anything to do with him. Yeah, that was quite a good one as well. But um, we'll go with that one. But what we'll do is we'll do first place and second place because sometimes yeah, okay. people aren't in a position to pick the tickets up. They might not live locally and they say they can't get up mm. or whatever. Well, tell them where it's. it's it's a bit like he that. said he lives on the muddy banks of the wish car on his Twitter profile. So <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's, that's not that's our post for, does it? <laughs> no, 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 it isn't. It isn't. It's in Southwark, isn't it? um, so, so Harry Greaves, Harv Shiz, you have won well done, for your Harry. having a for having a racist nan. Well Who done. was the uh, Larson guy for backup? We'll have, we'll have a backup. Yeah, for the backup for Larson, we will have when I can find him, Mark Triggs. So your your second. So firstly, you've got to claim the prize, by the way. Well, so if you're listening, tweet us and tell yeah. us. Because yeah. if you haven't them. listened, now nah, I'm not going to no, tweet them. No, so you we want to know the show. Okay. If you don't listen to the show, then you don't get the prize. No, well, fair enough. That's how it works. It's got to be some sort of incentive. <laughs> it was a bit like the... It's not good just listen for us, are there? No, exactly. the Mid-Morning Matters sketch where the, the, you've got to decide which uh, former king or queen and uh, what kind of car would they drive and why. That just reminds us a little bit of that, the way you're presenting that. Like Henry VIII would have a Range Rover leather seats. Mm. I would say he would probably have a, a Rover 800. Anyway. his chicken legs and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, you'd probably get a few chicken legs in the back of a Rover, like. And it's got that kind of full leather kind of. Which, what kind weird... of Rover? You not get one in a Rover 25, are you? No, but like, what do you call it? Like a Rover 500, sorry. Like a massive one. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see yeah with mean. that a weird, like, panel, like. Um, Fake walnut panelling that they used to have. Was that fake? What a rancid car that was. I'm not even don't even like cars, and I remember that being terrible. Anyway, your dad drives a Rover 500, <laughs> and um, Mark Triggs, you finished second. Um, the other fella, Harvey Greaves, you finished first. Get in touch, and you've won two tickets to the Fulham game, and calendar. a calendar, calendar from really of Dave Wright, which does, is yeah. sensazionale, as they'd say in Italy. Mm. Great, that. We didn't win City of Culture as well. Oh, I was just bring that up, didn't you? Coventry done us over yet again. I, I, I wouldn't have minded anybody else to mm. lose out to. <clears throat> Coventry. No, it would have been the most Sunderland thing ever to like, get beat up Paisley because they're not even a city. That would have been like pure Sunderland, yeah. that like. But you know. They started their bid process 15 months late. Coventry, you see, because of the whole 15 months late. If it wasn't for the bid, there's lots of things that wouldn't have happened, probably include now a live shows in the Peacock before before the game. That's probably evolved from the from the idea to bid for the culture thing. I'm trying my best to get a guess for the weekend on that, by the way. Um, get a lot of a lot. Did of, you play for Sunderland? And you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this. Lee Howie listens. A lot of uh, shout out, Lee. Yeah, he was having a lovely old time when we bumped into him in Port of Call, wasn't he? He was. He, he was singing the song. Was he? More than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he was starting it off. <laughs> no, yeah. He, well, he said he would come on, didn't he? But I think he, he worked did. over the club. A lot of the, see, a lot of the players are involved. Ex players are involved in 
in local football now, so mm. it's uh, it's tough. But so we'll try, I am on, working on it. I on that, I'm well, sending like a hundred texts a day. He's got a book out, hasn't he, Lee? So he'll be on. I'm sure to promote his yeah, book soon. But uh, so it's a brilliant post on Ready to Go. Actually, somebody, I, I, it's really funny. I can't credit you because I can't remember your username. But I was reading somebody posted up about that Lee Howie book, and they'd put um, Lee Howie, Lee Howie, Lee Howie. The covers on the front. <laughs> no, like, it's good. Outstanding. Yeah. So that well would be a question you. of the week winner, that one. It would be, wouldn't it? But we're not going to send you any tickets or anything if you do listen. The off chance you do listen. No, no, no. Yeah, if you do listen, you'll have a pair of tickets for one of the games <laughs> yeah. that's been and gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we finished now? Yeah, we're going to come back, we're gonna long, come back on, on, on Thursday and talk about the, the Fulham game. There's only so much you can do with a, with a nil nil draw. As, as good as the defending was and as good as the result was and as positive as it was, um, we've got Barley on. Which is always good, so we'll listen to him in awe, like we always do yeah, yeah. when he comes and in the studio. And then want to give him the job, and give him the job, yeah, give him sack the... him, sack Coleman, <laughs> give him the job. <laughs> and he'll be in on Thursday to talk about the game against his former club, Fulham. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>